1: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
0: What's going on, everybody? We're back. It's the Sooners Illustrated Podcast, episode 13 on this Monday, August 28th, 2023. Josh Calloway, Tom Green... James Jackson, week one. Game we week, made baby. It. We Game did. week. We are what are the here. vibes? What are the vibes? Give it to me. Give it to me. What are the vibes?
2: The I mean, it's got to be It's gotta be excitement. It's, like, yeah. it's excitement <laughs> all around, man. I mean, this is the, the best time of the year for college fans. I'll tell you. Everybody's zero and zero. Well, I guess we've had week one for well, week zero. For but zero yeah. and zero, most of the time you're around. And the fans and team and coaches, everybody can be excited because you never know what's going to happen. And that's that's the fun part about it. know what's gonna happen so here we are
0: yeah it's um it's great and we've been talking about this for a couple weeks just the excitement to get to the season we're getting closer and closer getting through fall camp and you know this morning we had our first coordinators press conference with Jeff Levy and Ted Roof and it's really okay we're into the, the thick of it now uh it's week one it feels amazing that we have games this weekend we you know you get that email that, you know, for the, the game weekend stuff, kind of buttons and blast things up, some, some you know, last instructions and things, and it just, uh, it hits, hits different. So excited, the fact that we're here. Um, I mentioned it on the boards yesterday, but um, hugely thankful to all our VIP subscribers as soon as Illustrated that have been so great um, since we, the site launched in early May with essentially no warning for people who are subscribed to a completely different site. <laughs> And uh, everybody, you know, I was not sure how that was going to go at first. And the patience and all that has – and the gratitude has been so high. And the first couple months especially, we are really finding our footing. We're still finding our footing. But um, the fact that we're to our first season now as a group is really, really exciting. So I'm fired up. um, And we look forward to Saturday. Um, Saturday, 11 a.m., we get this thing rolling. So I'm pumped. And for you guys, first year covering OU, which is really exciting. Tom's first game at OU. So, yeah. the cyber level is high. Yeah, excited for that. And, you
3: know I, know, I know we've mentioned it a few times before on this podcast, but, you know, this week we're running another 50% off special. Mm. So, if you haven't joined us yet, but you've been enjoying the podcast, you've been enjoying some of the stories that are unlocked on the site, and you want to jump in and join us as the season gets underway, we're running 50% off this week. So, take advantage of that and hop
0: on board. 100%. 100%. Now's the time. Week 1, is uh, arrived. First game Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time. We're going to get into week one a bit, obviously. We're all fired up for the season uh, here in just a minute, but we got to start before we get to there. The massive Oklahoma. bombshell news of the weekend. Oklahoma, they got them. Ladies and gentlemen, they got them. <laughs> David Stone, 2024 five-star defensive lineman, committed OU on Saturday night. We talked about this a lot last week, um, and for good reason. I mean, this is a guy who is – If you ever watched him play, I mean, I think most people probably have seen highlights or something, but I think there was so much intrigue. Probably a lot of people watched that IMG game on ESPN over the weekend or at least some of it. Guy was just a game. He was just pushing people around. He won MVP of the game. Uh, Just a wrecking ball human. Uh, David Stone is different. He is a different breed of player. And Oklahoma got him. Uh, We went back and forth. It was pretty much OU or Miami. He even said as much after the fact that, Miami was still right in the thick of this thing all the way up until decision day. But in the end, he decides to commit to Oklahoma, return to his home state. Obviously, he was at Del City High School originally before transferring out there to IMG in Florida. Guys, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, but now that it's happened, how how ginormous is this? I mean, this is as big of a recruiting win as Oklahoma's had in, uh, I don't know, several years, I would say at least. Big deal here. Yeah. So I, I just want to give everybody a little peek behind the
3: scenes here. So before we start recording the show, Josh will send James and I a little outline of topics that we're going to cover that day. Um, so I like to write down notes. Um, and after Josh sent today's topic outline, after jotting down David Stone, you want to see the, You want to see the first note I wrote?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Huge for the
3: listeners. Yeah, in all for the
2: caps. listeners. Yeah, <laughs> and, and,
0: and that's
3: probably an understatement. I mean, this we, we talked about it last show when we were previewing his his decision, but this is a massive, massive win for Oklahoma. I mean, he he's the number six overall recruit in the composite. Um, he's the as it stands right now, he is the fourth highest rated recruit that is committed to Oklahoma in the twenty four seven sports era since, you know, basically since 2000, 2001, uh, around there. Mm-hmm. The highest rated defensive recruit, the only guys ahead of him, Adrian Peterson, Rhett Omar, and Caleb Williams. This is massive. This is a cornerstone piece for a program that needs to get better at the line of scrimmage, especially as, as we've discussed as they move to the SEC, which, you know, those championships are decided at the line of scrimmage with the offensive line and that defensive line. And you need to be able to block or you need to be able to disrupt. And David Stone is the type of guy that can come in and disrupt that line of scrimmage and be a difference maker for Oklahoma. Huge.
2: Yes, exactly like we said last week. I mean, this is the the cornerstone piece you need, especially for a defense. And there's been so many guys talking about play with him that now you think, okay, the OU's in a good situation now. I mean, there there was guys on Twitter yesterday, or X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, uh, was talking about, hey man, this changed things for me. You know, Justin Denson Jr. Yeah, he tweeted, man, this got me thinking. In his quote, now we don't, know, I mean, we're we're assuming about David Stone's commitment and you know maybe flipping his commitment. That's that's pretty much what it is. I and mean, you got guys like that want to come. We've said all the local guys we've talked to, everybody that we've you know talked around the nation, is like the next guy you want after they committed to OU was David Stone because they knew how impactful he could be to the recruiting class. And I think that this, the Domino's about to fall for OU now. I think that's where it is now. And that's why Tom says huge on his notes and has everything like that. It's That's what it is. It's a huge moment for OU football because this is a very big commitment to get. I mean, like you said, Tom read off those names. Those are some of the greatest names in, in Oklahoma history, like that are, that have come through here. So having a guy like David Stone be a part of that and, be a part of the move to the SEC. If you, if you do well in the SEC the first year, it can only get better with, with David Stone and Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen, you know, all those guys that are five stars on the other side. I mean, just it's, it's, it can be an incredible jump start to the SEC with OU getting there. So that's why it's such a, it was so important for him to get this. It was so important yeah. for OU.
3: Yeah. And, and just to build off what James was saying there, I mean, talent acquisition is the name of the game. And obviously, you, you bring in Brent Venables as your head coach because he is a. Brilliant defensive mind, and you need a program that can play defense at a much higher level than they've been doing in the big 12 when they're moving to the SEC, which you know has some incredible defenses at Georgia at lSU at Alabama um, just all, all over the place, but the X's and O's only go far. you need the Jimmys and Joes mm-hmm. and since Brent Venables got here, he is now brought in uh, you know assuming you know David Stone sticks with it, he signs with Oklahoma. They now have three five-star defensive players in Brent Venable's first two full classes.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, between him, Peyton Bowen, P.J. Adabowari. That's what you need to elevate this program to the next level as it makes that move. Um, And we discussed it before last week. You know, talent attracts talent. Guys are going to want to play with the David Stone. Mm -hmm. Guys are going to want to play with the Peyton Bowen. Guys are going to want to play with the P.J. Adabowari this is the type of recruiting you need to do when you're making that move to the SEC. And like, like, James said, I think this could just be the beginning of things kind of falling into place for Oklahoma on that front.
2: We've, we've seen the uh, the graphic that the commits have been throwing around of, of the uh, blacked out guys that are on the, the defensive line. line, the power line. And another, another spot just got filled up. I mean, now who's, who's the other guys? This, this is going to one situation, try to figure that out now because I think you can if you're an Oklahoma fan, you can kind of look at the recruitment process now. It's like a relief. I mean, you've got the biggest domino to fall for you. And so now it's like, okay, let's just see who we can add to this now. This is a, this is a fun process to be a part of now. And so that's, that's where we should go from from here.
0: Yeah, and you got to think Nigel Smith, certainly probably the next big one that mm-hmm. we're waiting on. That's a guy who has a crystal ball in Oklahoma from our own Colin Kennedy. And I'm excited to talk to Colin on Thursday more about that stuff, the, the ramifications of Stone. Obviously – like we were just saying, this is a guy, whenever you see the Bama's and the Georgia's and you're like, man, those those guys just look different. This is one of those types of guys. Davison's one of those types of guys. Mm-hmm. And he just got to Oklahoma. So the player, obviously, but then what does this do for you, you know, elsewhere on the, on the trail? What kind of impact is this going to have down the road? How much does this help maybe flip a Williams-Nawari down the road? Who wore OU stuff again, by the way, in their uh, season opener game last Friday? Um you got to think that chance of maybe getting him back is much higher than before, you know, things like that. Uh, like uh, James said, with, with Denson, who's a Michigan state commit tweeting, man, maybe I should, maybe I should change my mind. You know I mean? <laughs> that, that stuff is crazy. That's what kind of player stone is because he's an amazing player. But he also is one of those guys that people do gravitate toward. He's got a a, a fun personality and, that big part of that is kind of you know playing with people on Twitter and stuff like that. But he was no-you guy for a while and uh, ended up going that way. Now, just like we said, though, I mean, with Noweri, the flip side is also true with Stone. I mean, you got to make sure you keep him, like uh, Tom said, signing days after mm-hmm. December. But yeah. it sounds like, from what we've heard, and 24-7 Sports has been all over it. You know, Brian Doan did an amazing job. Of course, Steve Wilfong. Fong. Um, it sounds like this was not – I mean, this was not a decision that Stone came to lightly. He really weighed it, and I – it sounds like he's pretty locked in with OU. It's a tough call, but I, I think OU fans shouldn't have to sweat too much, but in, in recruiting, nothing is ever official until Penn meets paper. But yeah. I think That's- Oklahoma can probably feel pretty good about this sticking, I think, um, you know, and, until signing day. Yeah, I mean, just
3: because a kid's committed, you don't
0: stop recruiting
3: him. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, right.
3: They have to continue to recruit him. They have to, you know, make sure that he he sticks with this class because, again, this is a cornerstone foundational piece for that defensive front. And they need
2: that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's that's where we get to with this season, which is about to kick off. OU, you know, has a great season this year nine to ten wins, winning the Big Twelve, things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you're in a good you're in good shape. You're in good shape, and that's why it's so important yeah. this year, this last year in the Big Twelve.
0: Yeah, certainly the biggest recruiting win of the Brent Vandables era, Um, right up there. Just 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 eclipsing Peyton Bowen, which is another huge win. I mean, he was literally signed essentially mm-hmm. before the guy after he signed or he sent his papers in. Uh, to Oregon but you know a lot of people look at the home field advantage and say you know this is a guy Oklahoma should get you know I talked with Colin on Thursday I mean he he goes in high school in Florida now I mean the fact it was Miami and Stone himself has said multiple times that his mom his family prefers Miami they like the idea of him staying in Florida not necessarily coming back home um so all that considered you know NIL opportunities in Miami certainly things like that this is a huge win. It is. It's massive. It really can't be overstated. Venables, Todd Bates, they can take a bow on this one. Uh, this is a, uh, a big-time get. You have to continue to build on it. It's not one guy that's going to save everything for you. But, yeah, I mean, huge. Uh, like we said, just absolutely huge. So we'll continue to watch how that ripples out in the uh, time ahead. I'm pumped already for next spring, assuming he enrolls early to see him. Um, but, yeah, there you go. David Stone is a sooner. And uh, we'll talk about that, like I said, a little bit more with Colin on Thursday to get more of the ramifications that he foresees could come out of that for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail. So that in mind, what a, what a great little pick that is going into the season opener uh, for Oklahoma. We are at week one. And with that, the depth chart is expected to be released on Tuesday morning. So I was hoping that this was going to be released today. Last year it was released on the Monday of week one. Um, they decided to hold off until Tuesday this year. Maybe just to, to not have to have the coordinators speak about it. Like, I don't. Who knows? Um, but they hold, held off until Tuesday this year. So, fortunately, we weren't able to talk about it on this show. We'll analyze it a little more on Thursday show. But I just still want to bring it up to acknowledge it. We won't talk about it real long because, like I said, it's going to come out Tuesday morning. A lot of people are going to listen to this probably after. It's already out. But whenever that does pop off tomorrow morning, guys, my question to you is this. And you don't have to go into a real long minute or two. Where's your eyes go first? Well, what's the one thing you're excited to see when that comes out? What's the battle that you're going to, I guess, learn the most about based off the hierarchy that you see on the paper whenever that does come out? Um, and, again, expecting that on Tuesday morning.
3: Yeah, I think for me, um, there's a couple. Probably that number two cornerback spot. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about it. Woody, yeah, Woody Washington is that number one guy. But it sounds like that battle for that number two spot between Gentry Williams, Kendall Dolby, and Josiah Wagner is, you know, really up for grabs. Obviously, we're, we're going to see all of those guys play. But I'm just kind of curious to see, you know, who mm-hmm. earns that top spot. How many ores are we going to see on a this lot. opening depth chart? Um, <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to – you know, I, I want to set the over-under at four and a half.
0: For oars? Yeah. Uh, I would say way over, but we'll see.
3: I'm only talking about on the top line. I okay, think we, line, we, I mean, we could we could see more like on that you know you between will. the second second and third. Spot.
0: In, you know la- I mean, maybe maybe I'm misremembering. I want to say the Lincoln Riley era there was there was like oars all over the dang thing. Last year wasn't as bad, but there's still it'll be oar heavy. But yeah, on that top line, that's probably about right.
3: Yeah, I'm set at four and a half. I, I don't think anything will compare to. When I was covering Auburn in 2019, and the season opening depth chart had I think six running backs, oh, Lord. like sharing an at a top spot. Um, so I, d- I don't expect anything that crazy. Um, but yeah, cert- certainly that second cornerback spot. Uh, curious to see who who gets that nod for the third wide receiver spot along over there, along with Jaleel Farouk and uh, Drake Stoops. Um, whether it's going to be LV Bunkley, Shelton, or Andre Anthony, who, again, has just been making plays throughout the preseason. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably the top two spots that my eyes will go to. Um, what about you, James?
2: I mean, you said, uh, like like you said, cornerbacks is the one I was going to go with. But for the sake of being different for this podcast, I'll go with the running backs. I mean, just the running back room. Like, who's going to be the starting running back? Here we go. I mean, is that, is that going to be an or situation as well? Because as of right now, it seems like a three-headed race. Between Marcus Majors, Javante Barnes, and Gavin Salchuk. I mean, so who are they gonna give a nod to somebody? are they gonna have they seen more in practice than we have been put out, you know, been put on notice about. That's that's gonna be the fun one to see. So just checking that out'll be a fun uh, uh part of looking at the depth chart.
3: Yeah. The the other thing that I think is gonna be interesting to see, um, when we when we spoke to Jeff Levy today, he was asked about the offensive line, whether that's set mm. um, or what the rotation is gonna be like. You know, he, he said they're still working a few things out there, but the one name that he mentioned that has not been with that starting unit that we've spoken about all the preseason is Troy Everett, the Appalachian State transfer. Um, now, now he's been working some at left guard. He's been working some at center. Uh, cur- curious to see just how much he's been able to push there. Um, you know, We're going to see him either way this week in mm-hmm. Arkansas State. They're going to rotate him in. I'm just curious to see where exactly he slots in because I've heard he's been getting a lot more reps at center than at left guard, um, but obviously you you, you return Andrew Rame, um, who's your starting center. Uh, so j- just want to see how that rotation shakes out. Obviously, you know the, these first few games pre um, before they get into Big Twelve play, they'll have an opportunity to work some kinks out, move move some things around. But uh, that that offensive line rotation is definitely something I'm going to keep my eye on.
2: Well, that was something I think. Surprised me a little bit when when he said that it you know it's not all the way complete because I, I thought the offensive line was pretty much set at this point point. and so we'll see what happens with that because yeah like you said Troy ever getting the getting the, the name drop at, at the pressure today I mean that's that's something different so let's see what happens now I'm actually curious to see where that how that would work, how that would shake up you know we're we're obviously going to see a rotation of guys in week one uh, what's going to be the best situation for this offensive line now.
0: Yeah, and you know, the important thing to keep in mind always, and it goes without saying, but I mean, there's no preseason in college football. So sometimes mm-hmm. even coaches are kind of throwing just seeing what sticks, throwing darts at the board, you know, when it comes to the week one depth chart, when the week two rolls around, that kind of maybe is a little more what you can expect to see moving forward. I would think Savion Bird's gonna have that other guard spot and then it'll just be what we've what expected the whole time. Mm-hmm. You never know. You never know. I agree with the running backs. I would not shock me at all to see Marcus Major be the top guy there. Just to start, at least um, as the elder statesman, the old guy, and having a good camp wouldn't shock me. Gavin Sautchuk missed some time. You know, he's been a little banged up. Wouldn't shock me at all if he's the top guy there. Even though I expect all three guys to get a lot of carries uh, on Saturday. Probably about equal, um, frankly, in the opener. And then I also would throw in that D tackle room because there's like, I don't know. I mean, that that's probably the room that I that me personally have the least amount of feel for like who actually is going to be the starters yeah. and they're going to rotate. That's the whole, that's been the whole thing of the whole fall is the depth is so much better Can play all these guys. Nobody's going to play a bunch of snaps, you know, but who actually is listed as one, you know, and two in those interior defensive line spots. I mean, you could talk me into like five, six guys or so. I mean, I uh, do I think is in there. DJ Terry, co Kelly, Grayson Halton's had a good camp. I mean, there's a lot of guys that it could be. Um, DNs to a lesser extent, because I would imagine bothroy and downs, but there's some variance there probably too. But yeah, a lot of questions to be answered. So look forward to that. We'll have a story up, uh, I imagine, on the uh, site as soon as we can tomorrow morning. I'll um, see the Venables presser tomorrow, so we'll kind of balance that out depending on when it actually drops. But uh, keep an eye out, keep up with us to uh, see how things are looking going into week one. The Sooners Illustrated podcast. We'll be back after this short break.
3: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Get ready for the greatest roast of all
3: time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time
0: for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So, it is week one Oklahoma, Arkansas State on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central time, first ever meeting between these two teams. We're going to get more into the weeds with the game itself on Thursday. That'll be kind of more the norm. Um, we're going to kind of analyze the game a little more in depth, X's and O's, and also we'll give our picks and final scores, stuff like that, on Thursday. But just as far as this game goes, obviously, guys, Arkansas State was no good last year. Three wins, 3-9 and nine in the Sun Belt. Um, only had two wins here before. Butch Jones, the head coach out there, if you didn't know that, a bit of a mind-blower, uh, former head coach of Tennessee, obviously winning against Oklahoma. Uh, you know, about almost a decade ago now infamously got Eric Stryker's face after they won in, uh, in overtime there at Knoxville. Um, just some, I guess, initial thoughts on this game from from just purely an Oklahoma perspective. I mean, what are you looking for? What do you want to see? It's hard to gauge when you're playing a team that you're – Oklahoma's going to be, I think, is like a 30-something point favorite. I mean, they, they are expecting to be this, this big. Just what, what are you looking for? What are you hoping to see? If you're an Oklahoma fan – what are you hoping to see on Saturday when you play a, a team that's this inferior, you know, I just, in general, what were some early thoughts here?
3: So from a fo- from an on the field standpoint, you want to see fundamentally sound football. You don't want to see mm. mental mistakes, penalties, um, you know, certainly on defense, which, you know, this offense is going to put up points. Oklahoma's offense is going to put up points. That's, that's what they do. This defense was not good last season. They need to be much improved this season they're hoping that that improved depth and just, you know, more quality players up and down that roster on that side of the ball is going to produce that. And, you know, between that and being in a second year in the system, even though you have a lot of new faces, you're expecting some level of improvement. You want to see a big jump. That, that's, that's what Ted roof said today. You want to see a big jump. Doesn't necessarily need to be a, a quantum leap in week one, you know, cause you want to build up, you want to, get better as the season progresses. But you want to start trending in the right direction. And you can come out there and show that um, and put that on film. You know, It's not only something for the fans to see, but it'll kind of stoke a little bit of belief in the players that their work is paying off. Um, so I, I think that's probably the biggest thing, at least from a defensive perspective. Offensively, I'm curious to see how much action Jackson Arnold gets yeah. in this first game. Um, you know, they have they have a great opportunity to get him some playing time early in the season against some of these non-conference teams if things go as planned. Um, but it's, it's an opportunity that they have this year to just kind of groom him and bring him along and get him ready while getting mentored by Dylan Gabriel. Um, but, yeah, I think those are probably the two biggest things I want to see on each side of the ball. And then personally, from a selfish standpoint, I just want to see the atmosphere at an Oklahoma game. You know, I've not been to an Oklahoma game before. I've only really been to a handful of games outside of the SEC. Um, even my time covering the SEC, like the only major non-conference road game that Auburn had that wasn't at a neutral site was at Penn State in 2021. And that was the whiteout game. It was a really cool environment, super cool to experience. But I, I'm, just, I'm just ready to experience something different and kind of take it all in. Um, you know, like, like you said, this is new for me. Um, so yeah. I, I'm excited to see that and just experience that for the first time.
2: When you play a team as inferior as we talked about, as Arkansas State is is supposed to be against Oklahoma, as you said about the points is kind of what is being thrown out there. A three or four touchdown win is something I think Sooners fans should be looking for in this one. Like That's just something you should expect. You should be able to blow out this team pretty handedly and do it with, with some style points. As you know, points have become a very big thing now with the college football playoff with only four teams getting in at the moment. Uh, so just look at that the way that is. I mean, offensively, you want to see some explosive plays. And what does that mean? That means plays are more than 25 yards, you know, really deep uh, down the field plays. That could be, you know, long runs or long passes that really give fans something to cheer for, something that's really very exciting to go for. I mean, just to look after. So uh, explosive plays on offense, as Tom said, not making a lot of penalties, you know, keeping the game clean for yourself. Defensively, you want to see you want the, the defensive force some turnovers. You know, uh, oh, you did really well in interceptions last year, but you know, can they keep that up? Can they can they build on that and really turn the ball over against the other teams? Can you can you produce sacks, which is you know something I think they lacked in overtime is the sacks and things like that. So, just wanting a sound performance from the team, especially when you play somebody as inferior as uh, Arkansas State is supposed to be, game. Okay. That's what you should be looking out for.
0: Yeah, I mean I think it probably goes without saying you're looking for a whoop in here. Um if you're Oklahoma. I mean you're 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 expecting to win this this should never be close. And um but it's not just that Arkansas State is a G five team. Like I said, they're a bad G five team. Um just three wins last year and two wins here before. You know, so I mean I don't I'm not gonna pretend and and like I said, Thursday, we're gonna get more into the weeds of this and do, you know, a little bit more of what Arkansas State brings to the table. But, you know, it's a team in a program that has not been performing very well. Um, it sounds like Butch Jones might even be a little bit on the hot seat there. You know, so I mean it, this is a game that you need to win and win soundly. And, you know, last year they kind of did that in the non-conference. I mean, obviously, they beat UTEP pretty, pretty soundly. There was a few kind of lapses here and there. It was first game. You were kind of okay with it. But you remember Kent State? Kent State's a pretty good team, you know, for a G five, you know, a team that usually contends in the Mac. Kent State was leading nearing halftime. Oklahoma was getting shut out for like a long while against Kent State last year. They ended up winning that game by 30, but it was almost halftime, and it was still. It was still a game. Like I mean, it was competitive into the second half. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have that. You should go off to a much faster start this season um, with this matchup here. This should be a, a great chance to get out, get a huge lead, work some young guys in. Um, I think anything short of yeah, a, a sound, you know, f- you know, thirty to twenty-five to thirty-plus point win would be a little, you know, a little, a little disappointing. You know, so we'll see how that looks. Is there a, a certain guy, certain player, or unit? that you're in particular watching for Tom, you know, that you're looking forward to seeing on Saturday for the, either for the first time, in a uniform period or, you know, first time this year, anything, any reason.
3: Yeah. I mean, we we talked about a few of those positions already um, before with the depth chart stuff, but I'm, I'm really curious to see that, that cheetah spot. Um, Yeah. How, how does the snap count kind of break down between Justin Harrington and Desan McCullough? Um, Yeah. I think that's going to be really interesting. Like, those guys are both going to play a lot of snaps, um, and then how, how much do we see Peyton Bowen or Reggie Pearson there too? Um, yeah, I, I think that that depth again is going to really benefit this team going into the season. Um, but that position in particular, um, you know, like like Ted Roof said today, you got a lot in that job description. Um, a lot of things are being asked of you. You got to be real multiple, real versatile versatile to be able to play that position. Um, but I mean, we've heard so many good things about son McCullough, you know, what he was able to do last year as a freshman in Indiana. I want to see how that translates to the big 12, to Oklahoma and to a new position. Um, and then Justin Harrington, again, he's a guy that, you know, has kind of been a standout in the off season in the past. And it's just never really matriculated onto the field when the season begins. Um, is it for real this time? Um, I, I, by all indications, it should be. Um, seems like he's really made a lot of strides, um, especially with that position, especially you know having a full year with that role um, and just knowing it. So yeah, I think the cheetah position is the one I'm probably most intrigued in. You know, seeing how that plays out on Saturday.
2: I'm curious to see Jackson, man. I know Dylan Gabriel's starting everything, everything like that, but we talked about it how many reps is he going to get in this game and will he make an explosive play when he arrives? I mean, we've seen that with some of the past backup quarterbacks when Colin Murray was behind Baker Mayfield and Caleb Williams was behind Spencer Rattler. I mean, when they back in, there's explosive play. Okay. You, 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 you're more comfortable for the future. You're like, okay, this guy is already comfortable enough to, to do a play, to perform a play like that in this environment, which is what you want to see from a, a five-star type of quarterback. So, I think Jackson All is my pick for that in terms of just somebody that you want to see see how see how they perform when they get out there when they get their opportunity.
3: Yeah, and on the Jackson All note, it I'll have something on on the site a little bit later in the week on this, but you don't often see five star freshman quarterbacks just burst onto the scene and you know be a starter or be a star right away. A lot of them are kind of eased Mm -hmm. into things. Um, and again, Oklahoma has the opportunity to do that with him and kind of get his feet wet and see what he's comfortable with here in year one before mm-hmm. he's kind of handed the reins of this offense. Um, so obviously, the quicker you can get out to a you know, a fast start, the more opportunity you're going to be able to give him. Um, I, I still think he'll have some packages throughout the game. But obvi- obviously, if, if they're blowing out Arkansas State, they can get him in there and get him some quality reps late in that game. And just you know settle those nerves because there's gonna be nerves that first time he's out there.
0: No okay. doubt about it. There's gonna be nerves. So you would hope, you know, you would hope that Arnold would get almost the whole fourth quarter at least. Um, yeah. to, if, if he if, if Dylan Garrett was not able to get out of this game and it's the fourth quarter, and something went wrong. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of generally interested, and in, I agree completely, Arnold and a lot of that stuff, but just on the whole team, just this is an Arkansas State team. You're just kind of perusing some stuff here. Sun Belt preseason stuff. Pick six in their division in the Sun Belt, six out of seven. In their division, they have no guys, zero, literally goose egg guys on the first or second team preseason all Sun Belt team. So Oklahoma should completely outclass them when it comes to speed and strength. I mean, all that. So like it should be apparent that, okay, Oklahoma is just flying on the field and Arkansas State doesn't know what hit them like that. It should. That should be evident. So I'm interested in that because we all we've heard a lot, you know, obviously the depth thing has been the number one talking point, but another one of the really big talking points has just been bigger, stronger, faster. Year two of Schmitty, better transfer portal class, better recruiting class. Like they're just a more athletic, just more better athletes team than they were last year. So I, that, that should be very obvious on Saturday against Arkansas State. You know, yeah, and and I'm sure, yeah. secondary. Nobody should be running past anybody in the secondary. Arkansas <laughs> State secondary should be clamping guys up. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah,
3: and and I'm sure we'll we'll touch on this a little bit more when we get into the actual game preview. But but just hearing the, like hearing us talk about Arkansas State right now and how bad they are on paper, it, it's still kind of wild for me to wrap my head around because when you think about how that program has kind of been perceived over the last fifteen years as you know a really solid group of five program that has produced some really good head coaches. I mean, they had a stretch there where yeah. Gus Malzahn was a head coach. Hugh Freeze was a head coach there. Brian Harson was a head coach there at one point. Blake Anderson was a successful head coach there. And now they've just kind of fallen off under Butch Jones, um, which yeah. probably says something about the state of the program right now, considering just – how well they were able to maintain things despite the constant turnover at the top. Sick mascot too,
0: Red Wolves. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty dope. That's not bad. Yeah, I agree. It's a uh, just a few years ago, this was a team that you know a respectable program, and not not just trying to absolutely dump on them. But obviously, the last couple of years have been rough. They have been, and uh, it's not expected to be any different. Now, I will also say, I talked about a little bit with the games last year, two years ago. And obviously, completely different everything for Oklahoma. Totally different team, coaches, everything. But 2021 season opener, Tulane came into Norman and nearly pulled off a stunner. And everybody left that statement. and think, well, Tulane's good. So they won two games that year. So it, there's no given. Week one can be weird. It can be. It can be weird. Appalachian State beat Michigan one time. We all remember that. You know what I mean? Weird things happen. I was a freshman in college when that happened. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Oklahoma should win this by a lot. But it's, you know, things things can get weird. Things can get weird. So looking forward to it, though. And we're going to have a lot more coverage throughout the week. Like Tom said, on Thursday, we're going to really dive further into this, and we're going to give our official game picks. i will get Collins thoughts on this game as well. So we'll get a little more into the weeds of the matchup, what Arkansas State does well, what they bring to the table, um, more so on the Thursday show. Um, but any, any other things that you guys are looking for? Questions you have? Anything like that? Obviously, we get more into it on Thursday, but –
2: I just want to point out what Tom just said. He he wrote off a, a, a good list of great college coaches uh at Arkansas State that have that have been through there and been through that program. The drop-off that you see now with that with that program, that just shows you how important it is to get the right hire at the right time. So Brent Venable's right now, we've talked about him getting David Stone and all these five stars, Peyton Bowen, PJ, guys like that. It shows you okay, you, you can at least know that it seems like that was the right hire at the time because the program isn't going to fall off a cliff, assuming that they all, you know, play to their potential and event like that. So just getting the right guys is very pivotal when it comes to college coaches. So, you know, shout out to Oklahoma for that and pretty much getting that done. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So we'll see uh, what they look like on Saturday. First ever meeting history. First time Oklahoma and Arkansas State have ever played will be on Saturday. We're all going to be there, uh, three of us at least, I should say. So looking forward to that on Saturday. Week one, we do want to mention to keep an eye out. Um, obviously going to have loads of coverage, goes without saying, on Saturday. But uh, the plan is to do uh, James and I a Post-game wrap-up on the field, which will also be turned into a podcast for people who would prefer that kind of thing. But it will it'll be on the YouTube channel, obviously, as well. Shorter reaction, 10 to 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Some initial quick hitter thoughts on games. So keep an eye out for that kind of special edition episode, if you want to call it that way, on Saturdays. And uh, we look forward to bringing you that through all, uh, all throughout the season as well. So look forward to it. Obviously, we'll get more into it on Thursday. You can expect these Monday shows to be a little on the shorter side. Um, obviously once we get into next week we'll be able to kind of recap the previous game a little more and things like that so maybe a little longer than this one but a little shorter Thursday will be a little more long in-depth episode on the uh, the next ball game but I think that's it for us for now keep up with the site oklahoma247sports.com already some good stuff there and this early part of week one and a whole lot more coming your way very excited for the season to be here uh, guys and look forward to getting this thing rocking on Saturday for the first game it's gonna be awesome Yeah, let's do it. It's time. It's time. All right, that's it. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll get Colin Kennedy in here as well for some more recruiting talk, of course, and his thoughts on this ballgame. So we'll see you then. For Tom Green, James Jackson, I'm Josh Calloway. We'll catch you guys on Thursday to preview Oklahoma's week one matchup against Arkansas State. We'll see you then.